The final day of November is upon us, but will soon give way to December. Eleven, named for nine, becomes twelve, named for ten. Path dependence shows up in mysterious ways. In any case, this is the edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement with a timestamp of November 30th. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, Scottsville prepares to use its designated outdoor refreshment area license for a holiday happening. More on the preparation of Albemarle County's Capital Improvement Program. Charlottesville City Council is seeking a city manager again. And the first bills have been filed for the 2022 General Assembly. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, Code for Charlottesville is seeking volunteers with tech, data, design, and research skills to work on community service projects. Founded in September of 2019, Code for Charlottesville has worked on projects with the Legal Aid Justice Center, the Charlottesville Fire Department, and the Charlottesville Office of Human Rights. Visit codeforseville.org to learn about these projects. Charlottesville City Council no longer has an interim city manager on the way. Mark Woolley had been expected to begin work tomorrow. Council went into closed session at 12.30 p.m. today for an emergency meeting to discuss a personnel matter. Councilor Heather Hill read the motion. Pursuant to Section 2.237.12 of the Virginia Code, I hereby move that the City Council close this open meeting and convene within the closed meeting as authorized by Virginia Code Section 2.237.11a1 for the purpose of discussion of the withdrawal of the appointed interim city manager and discussion, consideration, or interviews of prospective candidates for appointment or employment by city council. Woolley had been expected to fill the vacancy left when former city manager Chip Boyles resigned in late October. Boyles had been hired in January to replace former city manager Teron Richardson, who resigned at the end of September 2020 after about a year and a half. Earlier this month, Richardson sued the city for breach of contract related to a non-disparagement clause in his severance agreement. Richardson had replaced Maurice Jones, whose contract was not renewed in 2018 after nearly eight years on the job. Along the way, two other people have served as interim city manager. There's no information yet about why Woolley withdrew. Last week, the Planning Commission held a work session on the Capital Improvement Program for fiscal year 2023. Charlottesville has a AAA bond rating that reflects a well-run and stable city. Commissioner Hosea Mitchell asked if that would continue based on the string of leadership vacancies, and he's answered here by Chrissy Hamill, a senior budget and management analyst. Well, the uh, high turnover of um, senior level uh, management uh, impact our bond rating. So again, they do look at management as um, part of that analysis. Uh, To date, that has not really been at the forefront um, of a lot of those conversations, keeping in mind that the single most goal of a bond rating is to assess our ability to pay our debt. The city is currently being managed by Deputy City Managers Ashley Marshall and Sam Sanders. Council next meets on December 6th. The General Assembly does not begin for another six weeks, but the first bills have been pre-filed. Two of three bills filed in the House of Delegates are charter requests for two towns to amend their charter to move their municipal elections from May to November. 
and a third would remove the sunset date for a sales tax exemption on the sale of gold, silver, and platinum bullion. In the Senate, there are five bills so far. One would require the Virginia Employment Commission to establish a family and medical leave program. Another would require school principals to report incidents to law enforcement, and a third would require absentee ballots to be sorted by precinct. Another would limit the time a governor's executive orders could last under an emergency declaration, and another would require votes of the parole board to be individually recorded under the Freedom of Information Act. The General Assembly convenes on January 12th. Earlier this year, the General Assembly adopted legislation that allows localities to create designated outdoor refreshment areas where ABC licenses can be granted in the public realm. That acronym is DORA. That means people can move from establishment to establishment while carrying alcoholic beverages in a designated container. Several localities across Virginia have passed local ordinances allowing such events. This Saturday, the town of Scottsville will offer this ability during a holiday happening. According to town administrator Matt Lawless, this is the third time the DORA has been used. I was interested to um, kind of follow the progress of this setting up in state law. It um, originated with a a neat mix of communities around the state from... um, far southwest to Richmond, looking at how they could promote tourism and support their um, Main Street uh, businesses, especially um, downtown restaurants uh, during pandemic. Lawless said Scottsville has so far held an event to promote an art opening in September. We had a Virginia Commission of the Arts grant for um, installations in vacant storefronts. Folks can take out the food and drink and stroll around um, outside. A second event was held at Halloween for a puppy parade on Valley Street and Main Street. Lawless said these are not tailgate parties and people cannot bring their own beer. The permit just allows people to consume beverages off-premises. So maybe what you've seen in the past on these events is like an outdoor event with a strict perimeter defined, uh, like with a snow fence. Um, So we don't have to do that anymore. So the the drinks are labeled um, where they came from in a disposable container. So if we were checking on, you know, what is that and where did you get it? You could point to here's the licensed restaurant where I got it. Lawless said sandwich boards suffice to mark the boundaries of the Dora. This Saturday's event runs from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. with the ABC permit in effect from one in the afternoon to eight o'clock at night. If you've ever visited a European Christmas market, it might be kind of like that, where we've got the special farmer's market with arts and crafts sales, um, musicians playing um, on side lots, and then um, hot cider, mulled wine for sale at our restaurants that you can take up and down the street. Lawless said a safety plan is created for each event and reviewed by ABC to make sure there are enough people on staff to help with public safety. In the summer, Charlottesville City Council was briefed on this idea, but it was met with a lukewarm response, with some councillors concerned about unequal treatment. This story came about due to an article in The Cardinal by Megan Schnabel that took a look at how Danville, Roanoke, and the town of Tazewell have used this ability for events related to tourism. There's a link in the newsletter. Let's have a second Patreon-fueled shout-out. 
colder temperatures are creeping in. And now is the perfect time to think about keeping your family warm through the holidays. Make sure you are getting the most out of your home with help from your local energy nonprofit, LEAP. LEAP wants you and yours to keep comfortable all year round and offers free home weatherization to income and age qualifying residents. If you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. One more segment today, and we're back to Albemarle County. Albemarle County's budget process for fiscal year 2023 continues on Friday with another meeting of the Capital Improvement Program Advisory Committee. The group consists of two supervisors, two school board members, a planning commissioner, and a member of the public who, this time around, happens to be a former planning commissioner. Supervisor Donna Price is of the Scottsville District. I suspect that each of us have items on the not included plan that we would like to see moved up, but it is a, it, it is a balance. Um, we cannot do everything. Perhaps when you think of capital projects, big items like schools and sidewalks come to mind. The next capital improvement program in Albemarle will likely have an item called Core Systems Modernization, which will seek to improve how the county does business. Andy Bowman is the Chief of Budget in the Finance and Budget Office. The technology systems that we use across county government are disjointed, they're antiquated, and they don't allow the community to interact with our government in a way that we expect. So over the next few years, we're going to be embarking on new financial systems, new human resources systems, and new community development systems related to systems that are connected and enhance our customer and our employee experience. The job of the CIP Advisory Committee is to help staff develop the five-year program. There's a target of about $131 million in new funding that may be available through fiscal year 2027. For funding in fiscal year 23 to 27, there was a total of $457 million in projects that was requested. Bowman also gave a status report on current projects. There is $151 million in projects, which I mentioned that number before, that are currently appropriate and underway from current and prior years that extend in fiscal year 22 and beyond. Those projects include sidewalk installations, the Southern Convenience Center in Keene, and upgrades of the county's general district and circuit court in downtown Charlottesville. Future projects that are waiting to be funded include further phases of Biscuit Run Park, future school capacity expansion, and a convenience center in the northern section of Albemarle. Supervisor B. Lepisto-Kirtley of the Rivanna District suggested one item she would like to fund. As far as a project, um, I would like to see to make sure that a Darden Tau or soccer fields are taken care of, uh, upgraded, and when I say upgraded, uh, regarding natural grass and putting in what needs to be done there um, to make sure that that's a, a good playing field. Assistant County Executive Trevor Henry said a previous project had anticipated replacing the natural grass fields with artificial turf and lighting. Darden Tau is jointly owned by Charlottesville and Albemarle. Eventually that, that request was 
discussed in the calendar year 2018, and it was approved and, uh, and bundled as part of the Parks Quality of Life project. So that project was funded and approved for fiscal year uh, 2019. Henry said the county approved $2.5 million for the project, and the city was going to kick in their share. $2 million of the total cost was going to go for the installation of turf and the rest for lighting. That CIP request assumed use of cooperative contracts, meaning existing contracts in the state for both the turf project and the lighting project. Henry said staff returned with more information later that winter, but the pandemic put a hold on further consideration of the effort. The you know, majority of capital projects were, were paused or deferred. When some of the projects were unpaused, the Darden Tau project was not one of them. And it's back in the kind of the queue of all the other unfunded projects that have, have been um, uh, requested or formally requested through this process. Since then, the Parks Department request has placed further funding of Biscuit Run as a higher priority. The Parks Department has asked for $8.5 million over the next five years to move into further phases of that future parks development. After being told by Henry that the natural fields at Darden Tau are well-maintained, Lepisto curtly said she would support continuing that practice. School Board Chair Kate Acuff made the pitch for funding to modernize the existing high schools, something she did not see within the draft CIP presented to the committee. The county in recent years has invested in two high school centers rather than a fourth standalone facility. Because a new high school would be $150 million, and we were able to craft this plan that included upgrading all of our schools. Uh, Albemarle High School is 70 years old. Um, as well as the centers for a fraction of that cost. So it's disappointing to me to see that that has dropped out. Acuff also said that over a hundred classrooms are currently in trailers. She said the county needs at least three more elementary schools. We're over capacity um, at Baker Butler, which is a northern feeder pattern, and Brook Hill, would, a construction of that school would address that. There are also overcrowding issues at Mountain View Elementary. A 27,000-square-foot addition is underway at Crozet Elementary, but Acuff said a third school in the western part of the county will be necessary soon. Of that $131 million in new funding mentioned earlier, the schools will have access to about $77.2 million. That's according to Chief Financial Officer Nelsie Birch. The next meeting of the Capital Improvement Program Advisory Committee will take place on Friday, beginning at 1 p.m. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Thank you again to everybody who is listening. And of course, it is November 30th. It's the last day of the month. So if you were to kick in a Patreon contribution, today would be the day to make sure that it would go in for December. Now, Patreon's a great way to fund all of the various projects that I'm working on. That includes Charlottesville Community Engagement. It includes the Information Charlottesville site. And it includes all sorts of things that I hope to be able to actually pull off in the future. It's now been about 18 months since I started this project, and I really do appreciate everybody who is supporting me along the way. It's been quite humbling to do this work, and I'm glad to continue to do it each and every day. This is a seven-day-a-week job for me, and of course, it's the one that I love to do. 
I love bringing this information to as many people as possible, and I love it best when you guys can share it with somebody else. There is a lot in every single installment of this program and this newsletter. And of course, I'm really hoping that I can continue to expand into 2022 and beyond. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with another installment. In the meantime, stay safe out there. Uh, This was another pandemic-free episode, but we are not free of the pandemic. We'll have more on what's happening with Omicron and case counts in Virginia in later episodes. In the meantime, I believe I already said it, but let's do it again. Stay safe. Stay safe.